everyone. Welcome to the eighth installment of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. This is the Welsh rugby podcast that never even really liked the Six Nations anyway. I am sorry to say that Ed isn't able to join us today, but I am pleased to say that once again I am in the company of Mr. Nelson Nomads himself, Mikey. Coming up, we'll take a look at this week's off-the-pitch developments before recapping the opening round of Six Nations fixtures, discussing round two, and finishing off, as usual, with our Forbidden Loves of the Week. So, with that out of the way, let's get started with this edition of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. All right, uh, here we are then. Mikey, how are you doing, sir? Uh, not too bad, like, not too bad. You all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah ticking over. Yeah, good, good. You know, I had my... Um, my first run on Sunday, Did you? Uh, following a uh, leg injury I picked up back in November. Oh, right. And I tripped off a curb. Oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> I am now covered in grazes. Oh, so heck. no musculoskeletal problems. However, my skin on my arms and my knees is... Uh, <laughs> the, the irony, though, the sad part about it is... Um, I, I only jumped off the pavement to let somebody pass. And, uh, <laughs> I went yeah. off with a tit and they just kept walking. You're too <laughs> nice, Reese. You're too nice, Reese. You're too nice. I know. <laughs> I said I should hold my ground from now on. <laughs> so, uh, where did you watch the matches on the weekend? I watched them at home. I had a pretty busy weekend. So, um, yeah. a little bit of grafting away, like plugging away, chipping away <laughs> with a bit of uh, work and such. So, um, yeah. peeled myself away from the. Uh, from the grind to, um, and in some time, some cases, I wish I didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 exactly the same. I, uh, I watched that one at my parents' house, uh, well, the Wales Island game at my parents' house with, uh, with my nephew and my sister, and, uh, the same then for the France-Scotland mm-hmm. uh, game, uh, France-Scotland, the, the uh, England-Scotland game, which we'll come on to mm-hmm. later as Michelle. well. Yeah, so before we start in earnest, I just want to say to everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we are available wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love to hear from you on anything at all. So on Twitter, we are at FLRugbyPod. Uh, I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. And you can email us on ForbiddenLoveRugby at gmail.com. Mikey, how do people find you on the old Twitter sphere? I am at Mikey S. Harris. We've done this before, all lowercase. Look, yeah. I don't know if it means anything. Yeah. Please tell me if it does. I know. I, uh, <laughs> I like that, though. It's become your tagline now. Mikey yeah. S. Harris, all lowercase. Don't know if it matters. <laughs> and if there's anybody out there who types that in, that, all of that in, trying to get in touch with you, then more fool than Absolutely. So, quick shout out to our fellow Potter Ed. He yeah. can't make it tonight. He's popped off to Rome. In preparation, now, if he's a recce ready for the Italian game, no doubt. Well, this is it. I, I did try and tell him the match wasn't until March, yeah. but apparently he's happy to plan trips around things other than rugby matches. Why? Would, but, why, know, why? What's the point? Know, but we do hope he and his uh, better yeah. half have a, have a wonderful, wonderful time. time a lovely there. time and uh, comes back full of the joys of, uh, of Italy. Exactly. So uh, shall we get on to the yes, news? Please. Yeah, let's get the off-the-pitch stuff out of the way <laughs> first. I know. It's like blood run so, cold. <laughs> It feels like I'm trying my best to keep up with everything that's going oh, on off the pitch. And, and there's so much going on. Like, And did you ever see that video of a guy on a treadmill and the treadmill was set to the pace that Mo Farah runs a, a marathon? Oh, I haven't seen that. Well, it, it ends badly. I bet. He just you know, he falls off after about 10 seconds. Yeah, and, and that's how I feel, trying to keep up with all of the yeah, goings on. Yeah. At the, uh, if, if Mo Farah was going about you. 25 miles an hour, easy money. Easy, uh, and, easy. And, and, and like... You know, yeah, trying to, yeah, yeah, it's like trying to catch a grease pig. Well, now to go off on a 
totally a rugby unrelated tangent maybe i know some good runners from my time Mm. you know training and things and i know some like top level club runners you know amateurs but who can do mo farah's marathon pace for no more than 400 meters really before they just they gassed yeah Yeah, it's incredible you know that's that that just shows like you know like you, you get it. Your other sports, like you know, your, your weightlifters and your crossfitters and all that business, like, and they do their sports themselves. Like, and when you've got a a, a distance runner themselves, you all be at an amateur stage, saying they can only keep up that with for four hundred yards. Wow, like, yeah. like you know, it's just wow. It's incredible. I think it goes to show just how that the difference between like your elite athletes and your, and yeah. your very good amateurs now is is the time you can put in. Yeah, so I, I, I've experienced that. Um, a couple of years ago, in my um, the height of my senior rugby with the first team, uh, took mm-hmm. a, a summer out and um, really focused on training and uh, yeah. threw out everything I thought I knew about uh, strength and conditioning, and uh, really bought into the to the, the training program that was set up at the gym I me and my friend were going to, and um, honestly turned up turned my opinions and thoughts about training and, and nutrition right on his head, and um, yeah. I really. Uh, what was it? Maybe we were there for three months, maybe. But it was uh, yeah. two. Two of them were um, specifically trained by professional SNC coaches, mm-hmm. and um, what a difference! Um, and we were training alongside uh, one of the semi-professional clubs as well, and that's exactly what clicked for me. It was um, time, and yeah, yeah, they were all self-employed, so they could allow themselves that time. I say a lot. They were mm-hmm. all, a lot of them were self-employed. And of course, then they can make that allowances to get to training, do the extras, bits of obs, work, work, but make work fit around your sport kind of thing. And um, yeah, and the only difference for me, and there was boys in there, and I'm one of the biggest of chaps. Yeah. And there was boys in there playing in the premiership at the time, mm-hmm. no bigger than me. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. what's the difference? And like yeah. I said, it, it, it's time. And if you've got the time to, to commit to, and you know, in my mid thirties now, and I haven't got time for myself, let alone committing to anything <laughs> or anyone. Much. I mean, this podcast gets the 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 ten percent of my time, which I yeah. which I've got left. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say. So, like the the sort of strongest and fittest I ever was was during the initial COVID lockdown, mm. where I was living with my parents, so I didn't have a lot of housework to begin on yeah. with. I was working from home, so mm. I didn't have a commute. Yeah. And it was the summertime, so mm. I was able to do like, you know, out of boredom more than anything, yeah. two and a half to three hours of training, six days a week. Yeah, and when you could, and by, yeah. the, by, by that July, I was in the best shape I've yeah. ever been in, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. shall we do yes. the news? <laughs> we've, digress. We've got off a digress. Lot, yeah. So um, I'm going to walk everybody through as much of the proposed new funding deal between the WRU and the regions that I can. But as I said, I'm trying to keep up with the story and I feel like I'm only able to scratch the surface. Mm. So if anybody listens to this and would like to fill in any gaps that may appear here, then we're more than happy to hear it. Um, So here are the sort of big talking points that stuck out at me. So first of all, in the heads of terms, which aren't binding yet, but this is what, you know, they're talking around the, the following essentially. So the WRU will have to give up its ownership stake in Dragons. The regions will remain liable for the 18 million debt the WIU secured for them during COVID. Uh, squad budgets must be cut from 29 million pounds now to 18 million by 2028. That's 11 million lower. Ooh. 
rugby costs, that includes your academies, etc., as well as the playing salaries, they need to decrease from forty-three million to thirty-two point five million by twenty twenty-eight. No. Uh, for some reason, I, I, and this is where the details start to elude me a bit. Um, Cardiff and Scarlets would have to take on new debts valued at seven point six million to be repaid over six years, which means that their debt servicing costs are now about a million pounds a year. Hmm. Years a biggie. Each region would then need a sort of approved investor who hasn't got an option for dividend payments to stump up. Twenty-five million pounds over six years. Jeez. Most of the CBC television money, which is being paid for you know all of the competitions mm. that are on TV, essentially, um, goes to the WRU. And rather than investing in mm. rugby stuff, they're going to they plan to use it on roof walks, museums, hotels. Why? And then, <laughs> then each region would also have to increase their own collective commercial revenue from thirteen point eight million now. To twenty million in twenty twenty eight. So, to sum it up for you, yeah. To sum it up for you, that's okay. There's a lot. (laughs) So, but to sum it up, essentially, your costs have got to decrease and your income's got to go up. Yeah. So, I've only scratched the surface. But how do the given the fraud relationship the WIU has with the regions anyway, the state of the WIU governance? How does this all make you feel about the future of our rugby? They're squeezing them, absolutely squeezing them for every last drop they can, and. This is where, like, there's so much disparity between the WIU and the regions. Um, mm. I mean, how can you do more with less? Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not wizards. They're not like pulling pulling contracts and cash up from sleeves. Not that they would be allowed to, given this anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it 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 does seem quite a strict framework, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. leave much wriggle room no, for doesn't. say if if somebody came along and they wanted to overfund. It doesn't seem like they would even be, allowed. be able to. No, I may have got that wrong. It, no, no, I'm, not, no, think, I'm not much of a details guy. No, I think you're right. I think if, like, I mean, I think the problem, the, the problems may have stemmed from from what's happened in England, with the likes of mm. Saracens being relegated to the Championship and previously now Wasps and Worcester have also succumbed to the finance. So what you'd like to think it has an eye towards making sure that the regions, the WRU, are all financially sustainable, which. I yeah. think everyone wants, and everyone wants to see a financially stable and sustainable union, regions, professional structure in Wales. So we don't get what's happened in England happening in Wales. If it happened in Wales, it would be the end of professional rugby in Wales. Let's make no bones about that. Well, you think about it, right? If two clubs went to the wall in Wales, that is half of the clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and he won't take the much. finances aren't. Good. No, and uh, it's like with it happened in Scotland with Borders. I mean, Borders was yeah. had, a, had a massive history in Scottish rugby. Um, professionally, they didn't think twice about cutting three clubs to two. Um, so I, I don't think there's professionally uh, there's any loyalty to to the areas. We won't talk about the Warriors right now, but that's exactly what I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've always being of the position that, you know, if somebody wanted to come along and fund a fifth region, by all means, crack on. Yeah, but but it, what, it looks... What, what I'm reading here, it, yeah, it looks like... Because they're talking about the four of you can only spend a combined total of this match. Yeah, how, how that would, doesn't leave no, how would, any room yeah, for that. How would a fifth fit into that? Would a fifth get... Would, would, would there be, I don't know, money's made available to, to, to ramp that up to include a fifth on sort of a percentage framework? We don't know. No, we're, not have... that, yeah, we're not in that position to understand that. So, 
we can't yeah. go spending the, no, the having... volumes of money that we haven't got. <laughs> yeah, I, I do follow some people on Twitter who are far more knowledgeable um, about me than on these things. Um, and one pointed out that the current budget divided by four is such and such. Mm-hmm. And the 2028 budget divided by three is the same number. (gasps) So it looks almost to me like there's a sort of backdoor for getting getting rid of one, which would be absolutely heinous, in my opinion. I I don't like the idea myself. Um, I think think that's that's another part on its own, I think. Yeah, it could could be one of those things you just can't stop. And I mean, in the past, we've, we've spoken about how yeah, probably some of the squads are a bit bloated and there are probably some people on pro contracts who otherwise wouldn't be. Mm. But even so, it's alarming to me. I mean, there'll always be some sort of rugby, but I think the question is, how will this affect the competitiveness yeah. of the regions and Wales it, versus the rest I mean, of the world? Like the, I mean, look how, look how Ireland have invested in their system. Uh, yeah, and, and again, it's different. It would take yeah. Take two, maybe three generations of rugby oh, yeah. far beyond our lifetimes, right? For 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 something uh, it, like in Ireland to start work, and that's just and that's just starting to work in Wales. Maybe by the time Alan Wynn retires, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe. But still, I mean, you could go on to two, three hundred caps, and I still think we'd still be talking. <laughs> I know, but like um, in in sort of, I, I get well. I'm all. I'm loath to say better news because Josh Adams then spoken up to say that he's staying, which is nice in itself. And yeah. I, I kind of like that he's come out and allayed some fears. Yeah. Um, but do you think that these heads of terms have just simply delayed a player exodus? <sighs> I, I feel like it's still it's, a possibility it's the, down the line. I mean, it's, it's always it's the monkey on the back, isn't it? It's the monkey on the back of every of the union, the region, the players leaving. Yeah. So. It, 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 it's putting more distance between the here and now and, and, and what's going to happen over there in six months' time after the World Cup, well, after, yeah. before in, in the summer or or after the World Cup, because that's when I think a lot of players will see mm. retiring. I don't think there's many, much more legs left in the likes of Ken Owens, Alan Wynn. Yeah. I mean, there's a few of them chaps yeah, we... looking a bit leggy right now. I mean, we've seen that on the well, weekend. Our... Actually, yeah, so that, that might be a nice little segue into the weekend, mm. actually, because um, I, I think that that will be a theme of, of what we saw on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, if we before we go into any real detail about the game, um, what was your overall feeling after the match? I think we expected too much too soon as a rugby-loving okay. population. <laughs> don't, don't, mm-hmm. yeah, take nothing. Well, our, our hearts did speak oh, on uh, Friday, didn't they? They did. Oh, very much over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think we, as we as a rugby loving people, we 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 love Wales and we love Gatland in equal measures. Yeah. And um, yeah, you could even see Gatland in, in the um, coach's box. He didn't seem convinced, and he's a man who needs convincing. And I don't think he's seen what he wanted to see. Um, there were a he lot of looked, yeah. He looked um, not, I don't want to say despairing, but he looked right. Okay, this is what we. He kind of looked numb to me, just like like totally bewildered by what was going on yeah, in front of him. And but also sort of cold to it as well. Yeah. It was a really weird sort of body language, he, I thought. He's, he's the guy to see something like what went on Saturday and go, right, okay, now I know what I need to do. It was his first game. He's had a week or two with with mm. most with players at most. 
and and calls calls are coming in for the chop for all all the old heads. Mm. Okay, yeah, fine, great. Um, if you want to sacrifice, maybe not get out of the pool of the World Cup. Okay, and and, and yeah. plan for Australia in twenty twenty. Whenever seven? seven seven sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, and but then you have to invest in everyone, pretty much under the age of twenty three. Mm-hmm. And, and and give them all the game time, as much game time. Summer tours, get on two. Do you know what I mean? Just to give them that experience of 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 going on tour, being away, and then even trying to defend your own place at home. Like yeah. so, uh, I'm not not not. It's, it's, I suppose it forces the hand after the weekend to say, right, okay, out with the old and in with the new. Like you could start with the likes of give Dab Jenkins a start, Chunza, Reese Davis. Mm. Um, who else is about? Who's you know, Kieran Williams needs a cap. And quick, yeah. Um, Mason Grady. I, I, it, it's inevitable, isn't it, that at some point in the not too distant future we are going to need them. Yeah. So yeah, part of me thinks why not start that process now? It it it, it needs it because there's going to be them. Some of them players are going to be involved in the World Cup. They have to be. They are at Wales's disposal. I, you can't go pick. I kind of feel like if if Gatlin came out and said it's a development Six Nations, I don't but, think anyone no, would have any real qualms no, of that. We, we, you know, everyone would be right. Okay. And I think that's what's lacking is like that openness and transparency, transparency from the 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 the, the WIU, maybe. I mean, we're all invested. Those of us who 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 put our bums on the seats in the stadium, we watch at home, we watch in the pubs and the clubs. Mm. We we th- we can <laughs> we think of ourselves probably a bit too highly in the fact that like we all like to pick our own squads. We've picked our own teams. We've picked our own squads as well. Yeah, and, and so and we all right. Yeah. <laughs> And so all the other podcasts that that, that, yeah. that are available. So like you know, we're all invested, and I think. We, but then again, is it like the fact that the, the other unions will play their cards close to their chest because they do want other unions doing what they're doing and rubbing their hands, thinking, okay, well, this is a development Six Nations, we're going to go and give them the idea they deserve. Well, do that yeah, and, at and your then, peril and, because they'll come back bigger, stronger, and wiser for it. Yeah, I mean the the flip side of that, of course, is sometimes rugby is a, is a confidence game, yeah. and if, uh, mm, of if a team has wiped the floor of you one month, then six months down the line, you're like, oh shit, it's those guys again. <laughs> well, know? yeah, I mean, and but it's all part of that growth, like, and, yeah. and and like you could 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 arguably say it's with the Dragons, they seem to start from new every time for the last mm. for the last four or five seasons. They've started from scratch, right? We're starting again. We're building. We're starting again. We're starting again. It's like they got to get out of that rut of not being able to not know how to win a game to actually string in a few wins together and then becoming invincible I think it's interesting so because um, so Ireland Scotland I guess it's lead to an extent that France have some continuity yeah. and it's never a case of starting again from scratch no it's a case of developing yeah. whereas if almost like the narrative in Wales over the last few weeks has been rip it up start again yeah but then when you looked at the team it wasn't too dissimilar to the team that played against australia in pivac's final game yeah um so a i don't think it's true that we've ripped everything up and no. started again there's, um, there's only a finite but, amount of players available though isn't there yeah 100 percent. like you know and, and particularly if you take into consideration like right um the 60 cap rule which needs changing mm-hmm. i think we all agree throughout the world that, that needs to change it's getting in now isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, and what does that change look like um, does it does there need to be some sort of time honoured um, 
play in type in Wales kind of thing. Like you know, we play for a region for hundred caps minimum, and then you know plus fifteen international caps or however that looks. Maybe so you actually spend time invested within the region itself, and then you know then you're allowed to spread your wings and fly to Japan. Yeah, I think it's it's tricky. Yeah. Isn't it? There should be some incentive, I think, to play as much of your rugby as possible in Wales. Not just because of access by the national coaches to the international yeah. side, but just to get like people interested in going to watch. Yeah, it's, 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 it's again, it's money in it. It's putting, yeah. it's, it's bringing people into the stadiums. It's filling the Arms Park. It's filling Rodney Parade. It's filling Park Scarlet. It's filling the Liberty. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, struggling to Maybe fill 20, yeah, 20,000 yeah. for rugby yeah. but then that's what it's got to get to yeah, that's what we you know, we need to what, what, we use the Osprey for an example in I think it's probably the biggest stadium in in Wales in that sense bar the Millennium Stadium so rugby yeah. yeah I think yeah. the Scarlet yeah, holds 40 yeah. yeah I think the Scarlet holds 14,000 if I'm mistaken then the Ospreys holds 20,000 or they or thereabouts I mean, how good would it be to see a full stadium? I mean, I think if oh, of course it would. I think if the Ospreys were playing Saracens in Swansea, hmm. I yeah. think there would be a fair old thing watching that purely on the basis of of, of the fixture. Unfortunately, it's over. It's over in the Stone X, but I don't know, you'd we... have away fans as well, wouldn't you? Like people yeah. would hop down the M4 and uh, well, yeah, come and I mean, watch. you know, as the crow flies, it's four hours there or thereabouts, but. It's, it's nice that it's on that that quick stretch when you're on it, you're on yeah. it, and you haven't got to come far off it. Stop at Lee Delamere, quick little pasty. Yeah, pasty in a pee. Like, sorted. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so, yeah, sorry, one. Going back to the game there, were there any facets of play in particular that you thought were worse than others for Wales? Again, it's that go forward in the middle. Joe Hawkins did a tremendous job in a few carries he did. Mm. Uh, don't get me wrong, uh, he, he, he definitely stuck his hand up to put himself in line for selection for the 23 you got to think, think so. you got to think outside of that 15 because rugby is now yeah. a 23 man game and, and and the wider squad but yeah he did himself absolutely no harm in in, in playing the way he did um Rio Dia, again I thought he was Wales's man of the day okay um, that's interesting I, I think I've got the opposite yeah. opinion <laughs> or I, I I think he were probably Barjo Hawkins um yeah one of the standout players um and there weren't many that, for me, that stood out as game changing. I mean, you even look at the, the back row. I think I think the the whole back row were, were reasonably quiet, barring patches. I mean, Jack Morgan didn't seem to be no. the abrasive player that he was previous in, in previous games. This has been something I think a few people have uh, said since the game. I think actually our back row is quite small. For an international back row now, it, it, it's small but perfectly formed. <laughs> well, then, like I think that that extra, it does that weight two or yeah. three kilos, it yeah, makes a difference. It, especially at this level, and I'm wondering if we missed a sort of out and out bruiser like Moriarty six. Yeah, yes, just somebody a lump, you know. Well, I mean, Falatau's been that lump role, but he seems to be a bit leaner and just as mean, and, but. Um, this is a funny thing, isn't it? So, like, we were talking on Friday as if like Wales's back row was arguably the best we've ever seen put out by Wales, but in a skill set, yeah, they it, they were shown a thing or two on the weekend, and I, I think they they just didn't carry any of the club form into the international game. 
it's, you know, you, it, it's singing to a different song sheet, isn't it? Granted, there was there was a fair whack of Ospreys in that 23, but it's been able to bring that club form to the international stage. And like I said, there's a, there's probably a fair whack of Leinster players in that Ireland 23, but they just seem to be doing the same things over and over and over. It's, it's like progressive overload from. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like I tell you, I've got a question for you. So when you're watching Wales. And we are in phase play. And I'm not just talking about the last year. I'm talking about the last 20 years. Ooh. And we're building up. <laughs> we're building up. Do you always, because I do, I always feel like we aren't going to score. We're going to somehow mess it up. Do, do you feel the same way? Like there's a building nervousness that we are more likely to spill the ball or get turned over than we are to score. It, or is it just my nerves? It, no, 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 it's not. I don't think it's just your nerves. It, 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 it. I think it's a thing of like um, you get more confident when the tries start coming. I mean, there was three opportunities yeah. in the first half. George North was held up short. Jack Morgan was held up short. Rio Dyer should have scored. That 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 twenty-one points in the first half makes a hell of a difference to the scoreline. And do you know what, Mikey? Right, the funny thing there is, I was reading an article maybe on I don't know Saturday night or something, and. It said Liam Williams scored Wales' only try. And my mind went, what? We always scored one try. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And it, it looked like, you know, you take into consideration them 21 points. And George North got held up again short in that funny line-out. So that's mm. plus Liam's. That's four tries. Plus that's five tries. That's, say they're all converted, just for, just for to be argumentative. What's that? 7, 14, 28. That's 30-odd points there. And that's a different yeah. game. That is a wholly different game. But, like, we can't talk about things that didn't happen because... No. I, I tell you what, you've just, something, something's just clicked there for me as well about what you just said. So, um, yeah, George North in the lineout. That's straight out of the Gatland. Um, oh, it is. Do you remember years ago Fifth, we the did 15 that 15-man line, yeah, line yeah. out? <laughs> I, yeah, I seen that and I thought, you know what, all right. Oh, my God, you've, you've run out of ideas. You've just chucked everyone yeah. in and hope for the best. But looking yeah. back, on reflection, the time of the game, first line-out, perfect opportunity, yeah. perfect chance to try yeah. something funny because... You're on the scoreboard early from a set piece. And Bloody in every sense of the word. Yeah, and it's like, I, I even went back to my club and I said, look, let's do it. Why not? Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We're not, we're not, we're not yet to be, we're yet to enjoy it. We're not yet, it's, there's nothing on the line. I mean, for, for comedy value alone, that was a, a positive for me. Yeah, it, 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 it makes you turn your head and go, actually, wow, what's going on here? Like, and then the first time I would, I, granted I was about 12 pints of Guinness deep and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done with rugby now. <laughs> Yeah, but on reflection, yeah, it was like actually not not a, not a bad shout. It in fact, I um I yeah I've been I've been feeling quite apathetic about the whole shebang mm. this uh, <laughs> this week. Um, what else was I going to say? So if if we go through the team yep. a little bit, another interesting thing I think I read on Twitter today was that um, bigger Owen Williams, Reese Webb, and Thomas Williams are probably all as good as each other, but. You need to consider the partnership rather than yes. individual players, and potentially Webb plus Bigger or Thomas plus Williams are better combinations than how we because we're currently doing the well, opposite, right? Webb and Webb and Williams they've got their Osprey's connection, mm. but it's like can they bring that form from club to country? That's the problem. Yeah. Sort of, it's like I used to be of the, the opinion that you needed to have an international mix to make an international team. Yeah, like. When way way back in the day when Gatland first picked the thirteen Ospreys plus a Scarlet and the Blue, I thought I thought like it's not going to work, but it did. 
and yeah. I was clearly wrong. Yeah, you and Brian Moore. Yeah, absolutely. But um, the, the, the more I think about it, that you need to have that, particularly in the, the state of things that they are at the minute, because I think you need to rely, I think there needs to be a reliance on familiarity, but then that familiarity will eventually breed complacency. And that's mm-hmm. when things start going off the ball. They, uh, you're expecting a teammate to do something that he doesn't, that he, that he may yeah. not do, and then it's like, well, well, heck, I've got to pick up that bit of slack, and I've got to do the graft where I was hoping my teammate would, maybe in a, yeah. in a, in a way. But and, and, until no. like you get to the to a position like where you're like Leinster, where you're somehow f- filled with with the the, the the blood of giants, no less, from the causeway itself. I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Leinster would beat Ireland. Do you know what, right? I've got the PlayStation up up here, right? I'm playing that after. <laughs> I'm sticking oh, that's, what we could, that's what we could do. Yeah. We'll do you and Ed, we'll get together. We'll have a, uh... a little, little playoff, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we, yeah. we should do that. Yeah, we, could, we could do a little bonus content one day. So just, just to shift this on a little bit there, I think another thing I noticed that really got me down during the game was handling. Mm. Like, I feel like we dropped a lot of ball and we t- coughed up a lot of ball. Yeah, there was a lot of losing the ball in, in the contact in the breakdown area and... Um, which isn't conducive of a Wales team of old. Uh, Of course, the game has changed and uh, the the breakdown is a contentious point and you can't go crocodile rolling people out left, right and centre. But you can still be abrasive in in that area and I think that's where the physical animals come out. Because there was one hostile pass at one point to, um, I think, Ken Owens is on the wing. Like totally isolated. Yeah, yeah, on like his own. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not Dane Coles. Let's put it like that. No. I mean, Dane Coles can get away with that. <laughs> Ken Owens, as, as as much as he is the king of Carmarthen, he, he yeah. can't get away with that. And, and I tell you, there's I think there's an uncharacteristic Dan Bigger moment where so he, he threw that interception quite early on, which that that was a killer. Mm. But then in the next attack, you saw the hesitation that cost a try. Yeah. So he was caught between passing and going himself. Yeah. And if he had just, just done one of the two, he'd have probably scored yeah. or given the try scoring pass. But I mean, as it was, he, he hesitated and yeah. nothing happened. James Lowe would pick that off two passes before. Yeah. Let's, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Liam Williams took half a step the wrong way. If he'd come in instead yeah. of going out, that interception doesn't happen. Um, so it's, it's a game of fine margins. And. You can't really. I mean, and then Dan Bigger, he's there. He's playing in France. He's playing with alongside yeah. different players as well, mm-hmm. playing at different tempo. And is he more used to that tempo now than the tempo that is around him currently in camp? Well, I, I think it, it struck me a bit as Wales potentially overtrained that week because we all looked leggy. And I mean, at that point when Dan Bigger started chasing back on James Lowe. Yeah. I thought he was injured at first because he looked slow. Yeah, he, 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 and he sort of gave up the ghost pretty yeah. quickly. And yeah. anyway, Tipperick and uh, Jack Morgan, yeah, um, they're howling. T- back. Yeah, taking take nothing from that effort, right? But it's, I mean, there was no catching James Lowe. No, because it wasn't like everybody would have had to have turned to yeah. catch him, and by that point, he is gone. Yeah, and, and you know, it's not that you shouldn't try and. You you got to give up the ghost bus. And I did see, which really impressed me once. It was the sevens competition, the Royal Welsh Show, and the uh, the Morgan team. 
the guy playing hooker was a hooker for 15s playing playing sevens similar thing happened interception on the in 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 their 22 and this guy had gone he'd gone yeah. and our hooker turns our hooker turns around and he starts going as well and we're like oh man he's, he's got this haven't he and it's not actually yeah. hang on whoa hang on he, he's going he's going he's going no he's only gone on bloody court him haven't he <laughs> that's exactly how I felt when Hadley Parks caught that Irish guy yeah. in 2019 yeah. <laughs> like, exactly I don't yeah. know where the early came yeah. from because none of us expected no, Parks he'd no. have the, uh, but, the pace um, that he did it's, it, 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 it's sheer determination sometimes and it, yeah. then again you, you, you kind of know as well I mean we've all played in games where like you've just seen someone go and you're thinking oh well that's another one on the scoreboard <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know I know um, right I think there was something else yeah I well, like I'm loath to do this but you know it wasn't Wales being shit really was it it was Ireland being very good fucking excellent yeah, very good I mean there's a reason why they're number one in the world let's, let's yeah. take nothing away from, from Ireland and the score and, and, and how the game was carried out Sexton dodge dip duck dive oh. dodging past Liam Williams was unbelievable considering the you know the, the career the age of the guy like yeah you know we make jokes about him being wheeled out but honest god he was yeah he looked as fit as ever he, I, didn't he i wonder if they've got a shares in wd40 and greasing his, <laughs> greasing his joints yeah. up something terrible like but oh, they they were just so cohesive yeah and you know it's it looks good for ireland doesn't it have they peaked though <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, just I think that'll that'll be the running joke until they get out of the pools in the World Cup. I know. Is it um is France they have next weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's that that's the game of the tournament. Too early in oh, my right. opinion. I mean Yeah, shame, isn't it? It would be interesting if uh if the Six Nations change its format and it's not good for planning of course, like and it'd be a mad rush yeah. to get the get to the hotels and nail down and then the flights booked, but pick <laughs> Gain momentum and pick your fixtures yeah. on on the Sunday evening after the Sunday game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, no, I tell you, what, we're gonna have a change of schedule because yeah. it's more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, that, right. but then that's that's you know, if it doesn't work until you try it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I'm with you there. So if we um, so yeah, I I, I think now the way that Gatlin's gonna go for Scotland is mm. he's gonna give. I think he's going to give the established guys one more chance, mm. and, <sighs> and if and if we, if if the established guys are part of the problem next week, yeah, then we can't win the tournament anyway. No. So you, 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 you okay, throw, then throw we you all in, yeah. So work into that assumption, and work into the other assumptions that Francis and Alan Wynne Jones are injured mm-hmm. and not playing. Shall we yeah. go through the side that played against Ireland yeah. and say who we'd keep? Yeah. So if we start from fullback, Liam Williams, are we keeping him for Scotland? Uh, once more, once more into the once more. In, 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 what's it, once more into the fray or something like it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I did. I think I actually saw a tweet earlier suggesting that um, Zamet is back. Yes, um, I think he's back. Of yeah, there's there's a, there's a handful back, isn't there? There's Leon Brown, Zamet, uh, yeah. Bradley Roberts. There's, there's a, f- a few names rattled off. I've seen somewhere. Yeah. For the for the life of me, I can't remember who they were, but there's... I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna quickly query yeah. my Twitter uh, timeline, which is a really really stupid thing to be doing uh, whilst we're podding. But if I can't find it in the next couple of seconds, yeah. I think we'll move on to 
Rio Dyer. And whilst you tell me whether or not you'd keep him, I'll keep looking. I think Rio Dyer is. Uh, I, I I liked how he played last week on on Saturday, so I think he's a keeper. Uh-huh. But I I would sacrifice Liam for other for, for Josh Adams at fullback. I think he done a real good job the other day, but uh, we've already got to keep Liam because of the rolling out the old guard one last hurrah up in yeah. Murrayfield, so they can have a weekend on the Guinness, on the Guinness, a weekend on the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> they can have Guinness if they want, of course. This is nothing. Yeah. But uh, went up to went up to uh, Edinburgh for the rugby a few years ago, and um, they do a nice pint of local stuff, nice pint of best. So there we are, boys. Get on the best while you're up there. And, uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if if Zamet is indeed fit, uh, let's let's pretend that he is in the yeah. first instance. I think it's a straight swap. I throw Zamet in for Dyer. Yeah. Um, if not, I'd be tempted to bring Cuthbert in. Not just because I think he's played better than Dyer, but it opens up a bench spot for a centre. Uh, I I'm not sold on Cuthbert internationally anymore. Yeah, no, I, I I tend to agree, but I think we'll get onto this in a okay. bit. But I think Hawkins is a sixty-minute player, and he needs at this stage in his career a little bit of bench cover. Do you reckon? So, yeah. So I don't. I What's think Cuthbert on the bench is a bit of a luxury. Well, I think, and, and, and a bit of a nothing against the player, of course, but I think having an out-and-out winger is a little bit of a waste as well. Because I yeah, think, no, that's that's pretty much what I'm getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can only swap like for like, unless yeah. you've got somebody in the three-quarter there. Who mm. can chop and change? I mean, like um, George North was playing thirteen. If he was on the wing, you could bring him in. But like, there wasn't that option when um, Cuthbert was on the on the bench. You couldn't bring a Cuthbert on to push a George out. Yeah, totally. So yeah, kind, kind of thing. Like you know, you couldn't. If if George North had got injured, you you right. Maybe Joe Hawkins moves out one, and you then um, Owen Williams comes at twelve. But yeah, it's. If what would danger if you haven't got that bit of utility on the bench or within the yeah. within the fifteen, even. So if we move into George North, I've I'm going to keep him, yeah. but I've got him on notice. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He he's, he's got to pull it out. Yeah. This this week, otherwise Mason's in and Mason's staying. Yeah. Well, I think so. It it could be the T word. Don't Tompkins. Don't you say it. <laughs> It's good. It's right, but don't you say yeah. it. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a damn interesting <laughs> centre partnership, wouldn't it? Oh. Um, I, I'm keeping Hawkins in my starting lineup, but I think he needs, as you said, cover off the no, bench. I, I'm, I'm for, I'm for Kieran Williams. I think you bring in your parachute and Kieran in here for Scotland. On, on the basis that you've got to have a look at him. Yeah, you've, they've had a look at, at Joe Hawkins now, and he's mm-hmm. shown his skill set, distributing and um, with his ability to crash it up as well and defensively of course yeah Kieran Williams needs that opportunity I think he's he's not as green as Joe Hawkins he's had a yeah. bit more game time bit more game time with the Ospreys starting as well so I think he's got that ability that that Nelson ability to and he's a powerful player to come on as well I mean he's proved well, up for the Ospreys about, time and time again I was about to ask you you know like I you watch more Ospreys than I do does he ever cover 13 and what would your well, thoughts be on Williams at 13 he, it's either him, either Kieran Williams or Joe Hawkins has covered thirteen because there was an injury to a winger. I think when they played mm. Leinster, and you found Joe Hawkins 
Kieran Williams and Michael Collins all on the pitch at the same time. Now I can't oh, remember okay. which format that was, whether Michael Collins has got yeah. a full back or whether he's got a wing, because Collins, Collins can can cover a bit as well. But I, there, there was I I think yeah, let's play with it. Let's say Kieran Williams played thirteen. I, I, I'm not averse um, to Kieran Williams play thirteen, but I think the abrasiveness of him in, in a crash ball twelve kind of vein, that's where he is for me. Because you'll remember. Um... And you know, I, I know rugby in two thousand and eight isn't anything like rugby Oof. in twenty twenty three. I wish it was. You know, Henson, Henson, Shanklin. You know, you got a strong runner cut in angles yeah. at thirteen, yeah. and a bit of a ball player putting putting that guy into space yeah. at twelve. Yeah, and I, I know rugby's not that simple anymore. You don't pass down the line anymore, but it could be a bit of a, a throwback. And I, I'd be here for the experiment at least. You know. Well, yeah, I think you've got to try everything. I, I, I think. If you could have had the wicked mix of like, let's look at sort of four perfect senders. I mean, if if you could pick up of, of, of the professional generation, you've got Jamie Roberts, Gavin Henson, mm. let's say Shanklin and Foxy. Okay, I mean, if you yeah. could take them four to a World Cup, you're laughing. Oh, I. And then you've got the opportunity of of a power player in Roberts and a baller in Henson with yeah. the angles of Shanklin and the fend of <laughs> the fend of Foxy. And the fend of Foxy. I said, oh God, I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna make a note of that. Do, for you, the do that. Title. you do that. You do that. The of Foxy. Because <laughs> right. I mean, you've got everything there. That is a complete. I mean, and you can put any one of them with any twelve yeah. with any thirteen, and any thirteen with any twelve. Yeah. And then you like because there's your kind of creativity there because you know Jonathan Davis isn't without a pair of hands as well, and neither was Shankman mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And you know Jamie had a. Jimmy Roberts said had a deft set of hands, which wasn't used enough. I mean, I remember watching him playing for the Barbars and some of the silkier skill set. I mean, he wasn't putting that bludgeoner role, which Gart Ratland and Rob Howley liked. Yeah. But I think they didn't experiment enough with with the set oh, of no, hands I, that he I, had. I knew, uh, and, and for the Lions, yeah. I think he unlo- unlocked a few mm. uh, tries. And uh, you know, his early days in Cardiff as well, when he was playing in the back yeah. three rather than yeah. the centres, he was uh, he was damn soft hands. Okay, so if we. I think I think we'd agree that Adams is staying. Yeah, I think so. I, I like his attitude at the minute. Yeah, uh, he's, he's bigger. Big, well, bigger's on notice. He's got one more shot for me. Yeah, this is. But then behind him, all the tens. I mean, bar the players who were in the squad, we was Anscombe scratching a bit. when he's fit. Anscombe when he's yeah. fit. Outside of Anscombe, I mean, you you you're going down the route of Costello and Will Reed and Jared. And Jared. But Jared, yeah, Jared plays, all, all, yeah. Jared plays a similar game to Anscombe close to, uh, close to the line, and will is willing yeah. to put himself in the line a bit and sacrifice like a ten. Shouldn't really, but yeah, you, you can just see it though. Gat, Gatlin's picked the sort of the the serious sort of tens rather than the crazy oh, yeah, tens. Yeah, he? <laughs> he's a yeah. And for me, I think but, like you you look back at the likes of Jonathan Davis Senior. I mean, yeah, or like Bowden Barrett. Um, I think you need a little bit of that at ten sometimes, where you can got a bit of pace, can got a bit of vision, a bit like James Hook did, and mm. you can pick off a, a lazy defender and yeah. step around him like so. I, I'm I'm not adverse to having a, a I think some of a bit of pace at ten. Watching Jared Evans play this season, his mastery is the double pump before a mm. dummy pass. Yeah, and. I think like any set of decent analysts would just like at international level would just say to whoever's you know putting pressure on him yeah. in, a, in a match situation would be like 
don't buy it. No, he is. Um, re- yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> smash him the first yeah, time. Yeah, first time. Yeah, don't buy the first one because yeah. he'll sell you a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now this next one might surprise you, but I am demoting Thomas Williams yeah. to the bench in favour of Webb this I, week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not in the sense that Webb, that Thomas Williams is done, but I mm. think you just need to have a look at Webb. And it's a nice yeah. game to have a look at Webb because um, wherever the Scottish scrum half is going to be, is going to be nibby. And I think that could spur on Reese Webb to regain his nippiness. Nippiness? Yeah. You're going to call it yeah, nippiness? Yeah, no, that's a word. Sure thing. <laughs> I, I think you around the breakdown. Like, you know, we can pick off a gap here and there like, and show Gatlin yeah. that he's still got the pace and like he got for the Ospreys. But yeah. international pace is a little bit different to uh, oh, regional totally. pace. Um, so I think I've got no qualms with Gareth Thomas staying at Lucid for next week. Um, no, no, he yeah. fared fared well, and I think he'll 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 go all right probably against Pierre Schumann. Uh, WP WP Nell most more 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 than likely he had a fair old yeah. game on on Saturday. I'm putting Ken Owens on notice, mm. and if Lake was fit, he'd be yes. out. I think. Yes. Um, Ken, our captain. I I, I just don't see it. No, me neither. I think he played it a bit safe Saturday as a captain, mm. um, particularly when they had the penalty sort of like. 12 yards out from the posts when they yeah. could have done with seven points on the board and not three. Uh, it was a risk. Or, or just be more consistent with it. So, yeah. like, there were opportunities for kickable points later on that yeah. which, we didn't which, take. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you're taking them at 40 nil down yeah. and you, you want to keep the scoreboard ticking over, then keep on doing it. Then. Another thing I thought of on the weekend as well, um, with a hooker as captain, not, not picking on Ken, of course, because Ken is our king. <laughs> um, <laughs> The hooker being captain puts a lot more pressure on himself when it comes to deciding to kick for touch or kick for goal because you all of a mm. sudden put yourself under that pressure. You have to hit your jumpers. Not that Ireland were going to compete on their line, of course. But I think in general, if you're like, you, you as, as captain, it's like like with 10 when you decide to kick, if you're captain, it's like, whoa, yeah. hang on now. You just put that, put an innate <laughs> amount of pressure on yourself to. To, to, to... That's that's mm, yeah, that, yeah. That, that thing about the the, the thrown in the line out. Yeah, the thing I hadn't really considered. Me, before, me neither um... till the weekend, and I was like, "That's so." How did you captain decide from hooker before? Probably, right? but I could never throw anyway. So I mean, <laughs> a couple of years ago we played against Rudvelin, and um, <laughs> I looked to the side, and one of the Rudvelin boys had a had the ball, and he dropped in the puddle, and I shouted over, "Oi!" Couldn't drop it in a muggy <laughs> patch, could you? <laughs> then, of course, uh, they're, pick, they're picked out the proper bunch of shit houses oh, in Red Valley. Great, great, great bunch of lads. And yeah. I picked it up, and honestly, the, the ball went squiff to, to the right by about 45 degrees. And I did call that ball some things. Nothing to do with my hands, of course. It was all the ball. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so Francis is apparently injured. Right, okay. I reckon... We might see him parachute Leon yes. Brown directly into the starting line like, and keep yeah. uh, Dylan Lewis on the bench. Because uh, Dylan can come on mm. and I'm not going to say tidy up, but you've got the option to change where, you know, there's previously been questions over Leon Brown's scrummaging and he's going to come up against Pierre Schumann who's a, uh, a shoo-in for Scotland. <laughs> and... Um, who's a, a strong ox again, another South African. Yeah. Uh, we'll come to that another day, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, yeah um, and you can obviously you can play about with the front rows and the props and the scrummaging and overtaking him off the tactics and stuff like that. So, but, um, yeah, I, I'd agree with the fact of going in with um, Sardin Leon Brown. 
even again if it's it's just to have a look at him. Like we've said before, yeah. he's 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 what we he's your archetypal modern day tight end. I base this on nothing at all, but I, I I've got a feeling he could have a good game in Scotland. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know why I'm putting that on record. But <laughs> I, I feel like he could go alright. I'd like to see. I'd like I, to see him do well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just a vibe. Mm. So uh, uh, Alan Wynn is also out of a HIA, yeah. so it's probably going to be Dav Jenkins parachuted straight into the starting yeah. line. Now, when I've seen him play for Exeter, he looks like a beast. But I saw him on the weekend, and he looked relatively small. It was weird. Yeah, he's coming up, coming up against. Um, contemporaries now, isn't he? Mm. R- rather than yeah. sort of like you know, you you no longer the the big fish in a little sea. You are now yeah. the mackerel, in with the sharks. Like you could you could see his youthfulness, couldn't you? It was yeah, it was stark. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure if you you mean you got Alan Wynn there with a with a with a, with a gnarled old beard and Alan and and Dav Jenkins. He looked like he just let the cat lick it off. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I think if Alan Wynn hadn't gone off their HIA, I, he was having a pretty good game. I thought, yeah, yeah, and maybe um, Dab Jenkins wouldn't have had a look in so soon, if at all. Yeah. Maybe depending on how whether the coaching staff seen the game go, yeah. but um, yeah, I think Dab Jenkins is probably a shoe in, um, and just to sort of give him that that, that started exposure. So, I'm. Mm. I'm, I'm yeah. keeping Beard yep. in. He's he's on notice, but then also mm. I don't know if it's possibly too much to ask Reese Davis I, I, straight in. I, uh, beard because he's I, been good for Ospreys. Yeah, and it's like, will he? Can he be the senior second row? I wonder if with. Alan Wynn Jones gone, he might just step up, like kick himself yeah, up the arse, yeah. Knowing that he's like, it is on him. Yeah, now. he's the tallest man in the team, <laughs> so everyone will yeah, naturally yeah. look at, look to him for leadership. I mean, I mean, it's, he will have had aspirations to captain Wales at some of point. Of course, yeah. I think particularly and, when you're you're you're, a, you're you're partnered with Alan Wynn. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like sort of eight to the throne ish. Well, and the other yeah. thing is now he's. He's most likely going to be partnering uh, Dav Jenkins on yeah. the weekend, who is probably the most hyped second yeah. row I can remember yeah. in Welsh rugby history. Yeah, but, behind, <laughs> like we don't normally yeah, hype a second no. row. I mean, I mean, the last two second rows have come through with with a, with a little bit of something, and there was only a little bit of something behind them. Was Alan Wynn and Ian Evans, and, yeah. and they I, they proved their worth, of course. And Alan Wynn still does to this day. Yeah, but um, yeah, a, a lot I, of I say, I say, bring Bradley into the squad just for one just, last hurrah. Oh. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, what what a guy to rile a few boys up like. And I mean, he take no he take oh, no nonsense, you. and he take you with him. I've, I've told you my uh, my school <laughs> boys story about Bradley. Yeah, I'll, I'll save that for another part. It's, it's, but it is, yeah, it's a classic. Hell of a boy. Um, all right, so we'll keep Beard in just now. Jack Morgan, through no fault of his own, so well, something has to give, and it's either Jack Morgan or Justin Tipperick, I think. To go. I, don't, I don't think I don't think the two sevens type thing is going to work this Six Nations. So um, I or, think Christians are asked to replace one of those yeah. two, and the other one asked to play seven. What's your options off the bench looking like then? So I would then put either Jack Morgan or Justin Tipperick on the bench. All so right, so yeah. yeah, so I, I've I've actually dropped Raffle out of my really? squad. Really? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Raffle didn't have much of an opportunity, did he? 
He didn't. He, no, that's not Raffles. No, of course. But, but yeah, I think my back row is going to be definitely Shinza, mm-hmm. and then either Jack Morgan or Tipperick. Okay, so who you put in at six? Oh, Shinza. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, and then I so either Jack or Tips at seven. Okay. And then Falatau on notice at eight. Really? But I, I didn't think he was no. good on the weekend. I mean, I, he's, I've been hyping him all season. Yeah, he's yeah, been and, and, excellent and in, rightly so. in yeah, yeah. every card if you've ever seen him play. But the standard is different. Yeah. And it showed. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think Morgan, Tipuric, or Falatau had their finest games on the weekend. And Yeah. I, I think in, the, the only one who's challenging... For a back row place is is, is Shinza. Uh, Wainwright's quite an athletic six. He is. I wonder if I, I wonder if you might we might see Wainwright if the wheels fall off and we go to uh, Italy with nothing to play for well, or something. Wainwright's obviously there for a reason. I mean, you don't pick players for um, carrying tackle bags and water bottles, do you? Mm-hmm. Well, you may do. <laughs> I don't know, but. <laughs> um, Wainwright covers eight he in does. a way, so I'm a f- I'd be a fan of putting Wainwright on the bench. Okay. With, like I said, either I mean, like you got three sevens there: Tupuric, Raffle, and Jack Morgan. All right, Jack yeah. Morgan be playing six, okay, but um, it's difficult to ask in three sevens to dust off each other regularly. Yeah, and yes, it's funny. I I think I said this when they announced the squad. I was like, "That's a lot of seven. Yeah, there? out and and Raffle and out and out seven. Tips and out and out seven. Jack Morgan played a lot of seven with the Scarlets, and yeah. um, didn't wasn't a favor wasn't favored by um uh Pivak, and mm. at, and he's gone away. He's bulked up. I don't think he's bulked up to a six though. In his game, doesn't no, suit I, a I six. Agree. Yeah. I, t- I totally agree. It, it, this feels to me like a, a case of Tipperick and Morgan are excellent yeah, players. and you've got to have, you have, to have them. both. Yeah. Do you know what? I've, I've talked myself into the back row is going to be Shinza, Jack Morgan and Falatel. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, that wouldn't look out of place. And mm. Not that you don't want Tipperick in there, but and yeah. I'm not saying, and wouldn't say Tipperick is on notice either. Yeah, I, so I, I might demote Tipperick to the bench at this point. <clears throat> Because um, what a player to come on if he's on the game. But, but does he? Well, I suppose he's come off the bench a lot for some of them. Oh, he's, I, yeah. So like, he's, he's used to that kind of like. Um, and he's whenever he's come off the bench, everybody in the universe has been going, why isn't he starting? He's exactly. And then, you know, maybe it's his, his natural home. Yeah. yeah. So I, we, we've sort of, in a roundabout way, spoken about the bench yeah. anyway. I'm, I'm going to blast through what I've got on the bench and then just see if you. Uh, okay have anything to add there so I think it's Baldwin by default I think Bradley Roberts uh, is available in mind this week yeah I, I would I, 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 I think he's going to stick with Baldwin sure. personally for me it's a step yeah. for me it's a step backwards okay I think I, I can see that I, I like the fact that Baldwin came in to because um, mm. he was the next best option um, and the parts of me thought maybe that Baldwin would have been in from the start uh, yeah. maybe not instead of Bradley Roberts but but not instead of Ken either. Yeah, but I thought he. he... I um, sorry, I I I, I was uh, I was about to move on prematurely there. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, um, I think, yeah, I I I'm off for Brad Bradley Roberts. Interesting. Maybe we'll see mm. him. Um, no, then I'm going to stick with Carey and 
Dylan Lewis as the props. And I think, right, if we get a bruising six on the pitch somehow, Kari's going to have to do less of that work because the weird thing that we, we were doing with him was using him as like a second receiver, whereas Kari, first receiver and smash. But we were pass, yeah, we were passing the ball out to him a bit too wide, I thought. I think, yeah, and I think that... that that pass the, the the way they were they were playing that sort of like the receivers and second receivers mm. was not necessarily the, the way we've seen Wales play before, which which made me think it was it was it just a perfect mix of of Gatland Howley and Sean Edwards. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of Sean Edwards as they were leaked. So well, sure. yeah, at, <laughs> at the time like when they were in in the height of their powers, yeah. was it yeah. and. Hold on, I'll come back to this in a minute now. Don't let me forget this, because I was... I gave this some thought over the weekend while watching the rugby. We'll, we'll continue with the bench, and we'll come back to this in a okay. second. So I'm, I'm having... Um, oh, I've just noticed I haven't put a second row on my bench. Uh, so that is going to probably be Reece yeah, Davis I think by deserves, default. Deserves yeah. a shout. I mean, he'd be coming up against probably some... Like uh, Grant Gilchrist, um, or one of the Greys, or maybe both yeah. of them. <laughs> Um, then I yeah, oh shit so yeah well, what did I say my starting back row is going to be it's going to be uh, Jack uh, Morgan Chris Jack and, and Falato Falato yeah so I'm, I'm going to have Tipperick on the bench Thomas Williams on the bench Owen Williams and instead of Alex Cuthbert on the bench you're not going to like this but I'm going to put Tompkins to cover Hawkins <laughs> um, well there's something stuck here a minute I've got it <laughs> <laughs> friend of the pod Matthew Norris yeah. will like this <laughs> Um, for, 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 uh, that back three cover needs to cover the back three. That last place on the be- on mm. the bench. Um, I can is I think I think it depends how Lee Halfpenny comes through. It's a good point. I hadn't really thought about Lee Halfpenny when I was stitching this mm. uh, team together. So that yes, that could be a little bit of yeah. chaos in my plan mm. here. Because I think if Owen Williams, obviously you need. A nine and a ten, or, or yeah. a nine and a cover ten. You were not in a position in Wales yet to do a six-two. I don't think. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I think we've got that depth of somebody who can play nine, ten, and twelve, and somebody mm. who can play thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen with a smattering of eleven. See, I've got a little inkling, based on again nothing. Worst rugby commentator of all time that. Gatlin might be keen to look at Grady as a wing stroke 13 because he is nippy and he is big. Yeah. Gatlin likes that. I, I'm. Who, who, who the other 13s coming through behind George North? Um, I mean, and I think well, in some cases we're, we're trying to fit a square block in a round hole with George North at 13. Hmm. And defensively, he was a little bit left wanting, shall we say. I, I think there was that, that first try yeah. where he and Liam Williams just looked so looked at weak each other trying to go in yeah. double tackle. Yeah, yeah. Like, but that that could just be a, oh, a, yeah. a systems yeah, thing where he's, he's learning I mean, a new defensive system. Oh, there two weeks maybe to get into new, and, yeah. and you, they're not plugging away with defence all the time. I must say, it, it, yeah, it looked I, like a very a different. I, I would like, yeah. yeah, I would like to caveat all of this with like there time. is a part of me thinks, well, actually, maybe this is just that. We're learning a, a new system, yeah, it's a, which we, we are teaching old dogs course, new tricks. Yeah, like. and that's that is, you know, the old the old adage is old dogs new tricks. But it's, it is still hard work to get your head around. And some some players might think, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and and that's fine. They've got 
60, 70, 90 plus hundred caps, and they've they've, they've had their fun with it, and time to let the new the new cool pretenders come in and have a go. Yeah. No, you did say for me not to let you forget something before you move yes. on. So, uh, what were you going to um, pop in with it? Yeah, but the the the, the coaching setup. I think you're mm. obviously Gatland, uh, Rob Howley, and Sean Edwards complemented each other so well. A bit like us three on the podcast. We complement each other so well. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, obviously, it's going to take a bit more time to click with Alex King and Mike Forshaw, but. Um, the, the the drive of the team was that always Sean yeah. Edwards? Interesting. That's right. Um, what got me thinking? I mean, like, I mean, watching France as well, and which obviously we'll, we'll come on to. France still do French things. Yeah, yeah. For, for, oh, I mean, for, for a point, yeah, and then they all and they always will. I mean, regardless of who's in charge or what the backroom staff looks like. But like, Sean Edwards brought a lot more than probably what it wasn't just defence I think it was we probably sell him short that he was just a defensive coach he put a lot more to it than just that I think looking I broadly now totally agree with you actually so like um, I not only because people think of him as a like hard man steely yeah. edge defence but I also think he was a bit of a, a bit of glue yeah. I feel like people yes. gelled around him and the camaraderie yeah. I think was a lot in part thanks to Sean yeah. Edwards it sort of the bits you don't see on the pitch. Yeah. Well, well, that, well, that Netflix yeah. documentary would have been brilliant oh, if Sean yeah, Edwards was still in the wheel yeah. changing room for sure. Oh my God, Like yeah. Stridgen and Edwards. Yeah. Oh, and what a, what a pay. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you hear about Bobby's Rope on the other podcasts and, uh, <laughs> 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 and all that business. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, definitely did, did, did more than what we've seen and what we were allowed to see. And, and you know what? Sometimes we don't need to see them things because we don't, no. it's, it's special so, for um, the players. I think... We'll we probably aim to do a little preview podcast later in the yeah. week once we've um, cured the teams. So if we just quickly cover England, Scotland, Italy, France, um, yeah, I mean, I saw. I, I wouldn't say I saw it coming, but I wasn't surprised yeah. by Scotland winning. No, absolutely. Happy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> the way they they executed as well, they looked full of energy. Granted, the, the defending the Calcutta well, cup was cup was on on the line, of course, and that's always going to have little yeah. top two inches to to that fixture. But um, yeah, and much in the same way as is with Wales as England, you know, they've had a a, a big um, change of staff with Steve yeah. Borthwick, and and um, I mean, if it's Kevin Sinfield, it's like <laughs> it's another true to form that 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 defensive system is going to take time to kick in, and but then again. Tackling is a pride thing. Yeah, I, I was I was about to ask you the a question basically exactly what you just said. I was going to say um, is is there is a sort of common theme here that the the teams with new hmm. backrooms yeah. and coaching staff really did seem to struggle against the more cohesive teams. I think yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, you think of all the upheaval England went yeah. through even before Eddie finally left. Yeah, it's been um, a long time that has. Yeah. I, I think they've. It'll be interesting to see Wales England this year purely from a soft underbelly versus soft underbelly. Well, point yeah, I mean, you, and, but you wouldn't it, pre pre Six Nations. You wouldn't have thought Wales would have had that soft underbelly, but it seems to have been tickled yeah. a little bit, tickled a little bit too much by <laughs> the back. I, I think that game will come entirely down to who short sorts their shit out first. Yeah, and it's it's almost like a race. I don't want to say it's a race to the yeah. bottom, but it's a race not hmm. to the bottom kind of thing. Is a race to fourth. <laughs> in, in, but then, is he? 
Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, I think it's uh, after one week. Well, actually, I don't know. I was, I was about to say Ireland, France, and Scotland, and then everybody else, but like, well, nice little segue here, Mikey. Italy, France. I mean, Jesus exactly. Christ, oh my God, yeah. What, I mean, two games of the weekend, right? I mean, not that you expected, I don't know, we probably expected more from the Wales Island game, but the other two games were full of it. They were absolutely yeah. to the brim. I mean, Italy need that. I don't know what it, how, how they get there, but for the last five minutes, I was I was glued. I had stuff to do, oh, but I was glued totally. to the television. I was like, I will in. All the will in me was like, just have composure. For the last, yeah. Tommaso Allen yeah, that... was like, I don't, he just lost his his inner, yeah, his innards to his outwards. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> these two games, right? Um, England, Scotland, twenty three, twenty nine. Italy, France, twenty four, twenty nine. Yeah. Wales. I yeah. think that's the perfect scoreline for an exciting rugby yes, match. Mid twenty, yeah, high twenty. It, 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 it takes. It, the, 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 it's not so silly yeah. that people have been scoring tries for fun yeah. and it's like 52 47 yeah. right the, that's that's fun yeah. to watch but it's not not enthralling yeah. and it's it's not like a 9 6 no. which is yeah. one for yeah. you to enjoy but yeah like that, i think this is like the perfect mix of every aspect of rugby these two games it, it was just so when the lead ex- the lead changes hands and, and, yeah. and you're like one scores then the other scores then the, oh the other team have got a score now they play in their part and they are playing their part and it's like I know you, you... I mean France missed a lot off the boot didn't they they, they were uncharacteristically poor there yeah. um, Italy right Italy right now give me Wales in the autumn of 2004 vibes where we pushed South Africa really close yeah. and we pushed New Zealand really close but never quite go over the line yeah, and and again, like you don't want Italy to be that that team which just never never executes in their last critical yeah. in last five minutes that critical period or or can't find a way to get get to the end get over the line. But at the same time, I think like you know, there's still a lot of calls to like say whether does it expand? Does the team need to drop from the Six Nations? I think Italy have forced themselves into that conversation now of, of staying put. Oh, hundred percent. Like you yeah, know, I mean, totally. And, whether it's taken this long, I mean, what we in, I think Italy's introduction was the, the turn of the century. With 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 twenty three years deep into that now, yeah, and it, it it takes time. And um, Italy has its popularity in uh, sorry, rugby has its popularity in England, in Italy, mm. but it's obviously not as as up there with the Serie A, of course. Yeah, I mean, like you do, I've spent some time at a sewage treatment works in Italy. And this, 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 yeah, I mean, hasn't everyone? And this, this was in uh, Treviso, and yeah, the locals, they ma- rugby mad, but it's in these little enclaves. Mm. It's not throughout the, yeah. the nation. I, I, I do feel like Rome isn't the, the, the right place for that stadium. It's probably not. Yeah, you'd like to take it away to maybe somewhere which is more, more which is more rugby, more like, but yeah. then again, it's maybe it'll take another twenty three years for that to establish itself. As the home yeah. of Italian rugby, like, but you seen that you seen that Reese. It seems like it's sort of like a lot of a lot of little enclaves around you, like sort of your, your Traharis, Bidlinog, Nelson, Kilvanith, Singenith, Abacanans. Yeah, but have they got their own sewage treatment plants, Mikey? Kilvanith. Kilvanith. Kilvanith is a little little trip. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I think Italy are, if they can keep this up, they, yeah. they're here to stay, yeah. and everybody should stop worrying about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, it's taken a while to get, and course, I understand yeah. why. And like, like you know, when everybody was hammering them, yeah, they find that yeah. the, the conversation was on the table, but now it's it's off. And like you know, you could, like also, also my favorite jersey of the weekend is Italy away. That was just oh, it was, that was um, such a glorious piece of cake. It was all right, wasn't it? I mean, it it, uh, yeah. it was totally different to anything else. And I, I see read a comment on social media somewhere. Somebody said they had a Lacoste t-shirt like that back in the mid-90s. <laughs> that was brilliant. I'm sure that's exactly the design I was going for, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Italy are off to Twickenham then next weekend, which is always uh, a I fancy voodoo it. for them. I fancy it. Oh, I... I... It's not do, the game do, of the weekend, but it's the one I'm most excited for. Yeah, you, you, you've got to fancy Italy, really, on the back yeah. of just how how they managed to push France. France. I don't know if you've got to fancy Italy, actually. I, I think I, I'm almost certain England would win that, but I just can't wait to see it's, just in case, it, it, you know. Do England deserve to win it, though, just on a man-for-man basis? Don't get me excited. No, we'll, we'll worry about this later. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll chat again, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, shall we wrap this up then with our forbidden loves of the week? Yeah. Apparently, you you've got one for me this Ooh, week. Yeah. Um, not not taking another buy this week. That'd be childish. Um, <laughs> the the hit. It all started with the uh, Farrell's hit on um, on Finn on Finn Russell. And uh, now this has passed me by. Yeah. This Farrell put a bit of a whack on uh, Finn Russell. <laughs> and and um, the uh, there's a video from behind the posts. And you know, Finn's out in the wide, and he sort of takes a massive arc around, and Farrell's sort of like tracking this way, and Finn comes up behind Farrell and gives him a in the back, and turns to him and goes like, <laughs> and you can only just hear him saying like, "Come on!" <laughs> but uh, yeah, that little, little dig in the back, like it's like, is this the one when uh, Scotland are in the process of scoring a try? It might be, yeah. Because um, I, I one of my forbidden loves this week is actually gloating because at one point um i normally i don't like gloating but when it's finn russell gloating at owen farrell yeah, i'm yeah, all for all, it i'm all in and, all in yeah so scotland are in the process score a try and finn is just giving yeah. it everything and, all. and <laughs> like you know and the balls on the guy because the game wasn't anywhere near no. one at that point and, but <laughs> Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, and my other one, Mikey, is I'm, I'm rescinding a previous forbidden love of the week. Okay, I no longer love the goal line dropout. I'm yeah, not I've this, changed my mind. This, 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 I wanted a scrum five on the weekend, and we did. <laughs> yeah, lots of scrum five. There should have been lots of scrum fives. I think when you see so many, um, in a situation like that, you, you, yeah. you, you, you not just because it's Wales, of course, um. You can see the, the fault in the goal line drop. It's, it's got its place, but mm. not when the attacking team doesn't benefit from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there has to be some benefit to um, putting pressure on the defence. And if you can't, yeah, I think if so. you can't get, get that parity, then rugby needs to take a serious look at, a serious look at itself. And... Yeah. Um, Ask is this a a game for the attack or is this a game for the defence? Especially in elite level international rugby, like the, I, I can't remember the exact contents in the Wales Island game, but like we were attacking the line, and I, I don't think it was like we were held up. I think it was something else. Maybe we chipped over and they dotted down or something. Mm. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember thinking, oh, five years ago that would have been a scrum five, yeah. and 
I'm a bit gutted it's not now. So yeah, I'm taking it back. I was wrong. I, I, I'm uh, got a sending a forbidden love. Got to break a few eggs to make an omelette. <laughs> you do. <laughs> right, Mikey. Well, on that note, shall we wrap up uh, this conventional episode? And uh, we'll see you later in the week for a special, maybe, is it? That's a, that's a nice place to end it, yeah. Smashing. All right, but well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Mikey, much. for joining. Yeah, thank you, Reese. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Ed back next week, and we'll see you another time. Bye. Bye. Bye.